2: Good Wednesday morning. A stunning verdict against
3: Donald Trump. And his accuser is here in our studio. It is May 10th. This is Today. Verdict. A unanimous jury finds former President Donald Trump liable for sexually abusing writer E. Jean Carroll and later defaming her. Ordered to pay millions in damages, Trump up past midnight posting multiple messages. It's a disgrace. I don't even know who this woman is just ahead inside the jury's decision. And Eugene Carroll joins us in Studio 1A with her first comments post verdict. Border crisis, a massive flow of migrants gathering at the Southern border with just one day to go before the end of a key restriction used to turn them back.
0: I just asked them who here is gonna ask for asylum? All these hands you see raised all around me.
3: We're there live with the last minute scramble and surge. Stalemate. I didn't see any new movement. We have now just two weeks to go. The nation heading toward a potential economic disaster after President Biden's high stakes meeting with congressional leaders fails to produce a debt limit deal.
4: We need to take the threat of default off the table.
3: What the two sides are saying this morning with more talks scheduled and the clock ticking. Shocking twist a wife and mother who wrote a book on grief after her husband's sudden death now charged with his murder. Just ahead, the text messages recovered by police that led to her stunning arrest. Those stories plus making waves inside NASA's new mission to unlock the secrets of Earth's oceans.
5: We've stopped recording on our final line, so you are clear to maneuver. Copy.
3: Our firsthand look high above the Pacific. And that'll be the day for this little dog named Buddy Holly. The history made by the adorable little guy named Best in Show at Westminster today, Wednesday, May tenth, twenty twenty
6: three. From NBC News, this is Today with Savannah Guthrie and Hoda Kotb, live from Studio One A in Rockefeller Plaza.
3: I just. PG what? Good morning.
2: <laughs> I think good morning. I think they said that he was a PBGB, which might be an acronym for a it, long name. Which, which is not the
3: PBGBs. It's a PGBZ Buddy <laughs> Holly. Yes, Best
2: Buddy Holly. The dog. Congratulations. Adorable. Wow. We'll get more to that. Yeah, that dog will actually be in studio later, today. Okay,
3: good. That'll mm-hmm. be fun. Let's
2: start with the news, shall yeah, we? Indeed. A major ruling against former President Trump, ordered by a federal jury here in New York to pay more than five million dollars after finding him liable for sexual abuse abuse and defamation.
3: In just a moment, we will talk to the woman at the center of that case, E. Jean Carroll. But first, NBC's senior legal correspondent, Laura Jarrett, with us to break it all down. Laura, good morning.
4: Savannah, good morning to you. It was a two-week civil trial with almost a dozen witnesses, plenty of evidence to digest. And yet still, that verdict handed down in fewer than three hours of deliberations. After years of denials.
0: It's a totally false accusation.
4: Donald Trump now on the hook for $5 million. They're very happy. A federal jury finding the former president sexually abused author E. Jean Carroll in the dressing room of a department store more than two decades ago and later defamed her by calling her story a hoax. But the jury stopped short of finding Trump liable for rape, as Carroll had claimed. Carroll in a statement after the verdict saying... This victory is not just for me, but for every woman who has suffered because she was not believed. Overnight, Trump reacting with a series of videos and posts on his social media network.
6: It's a disgrace. I don't even know who this woman is. I have no idea who she is, where she came from.
4: This is another scam. The jury not only heard from Carol, but other women who've accused Trump of sexual misconduct, as Carol's attorneys tried to illustrate what they called Trump's playbook a series of claims he's denied. While Trump's legal team did not call any witnesses and the former president never showed up in court, his words loomed large.
6: It's the most ridiculous, disgusting story.
4: As Carroll's team played his deposition tape, the jury watched him confuse a photo of Carroll, who he'd claimed wasn't his type, for his ex-wife, Marla Maples. You say Marla's in this photo?
6: That's Marla, yeah. That's, that's my wife.
4: He was also confronted with the Access Hollywood tape that surfaced just before the 2016 election.
6: I don't even know wait. And when you're a star, they let you do it. You can do anything. <laughs> Whatever you want. Grab them by the pussy.
4: Resulting in this striking exchange with Carroll's attorney. You can do anything. That's what you said, correct?
6: Well, historically, that's true with stars. It's
7: true with stars that, that they can grab women by the pussy? Well, that's what, it's, if you look
6: over the last million years, I guess that's been... Largely true, not always, but largely true, unfortunately or fortunately.
4: Outside the courthouse, Trump's attorney said an appeal is coming.
0: You know, there were things that happened in this case that were beyond the pale.
4: The jury in this case included six men and three women from all like walks of life. All of them remaining anonymous throughout this trial because the judge overseeing the case said he was so concerned about their safety. Savannah, back to you. All right, Laura. Thank you. E.
3: Jean Carroll is with us now, along with her attorney, Roberta Kaplan. Ladies, good morning to both of you.
8: Good
3: morning, Miss Carroll. First, just your reaction to hearing this verdict and being in the courtroom.
8: I'm overwhelmed, overwhelmed with joy and happiness and delight for the women in this country. As you well know, the jury found Mr. Trump liable
3: for battery, specifically sexual abuse, but not rape. Mm -hmm. What do you make of that
8: verdict? I'm gonna let my attorney answer that question because she understands what was on the jury checklist.
7: Yeah, what do you think? So New York law in this area is complicated. I'm not gonna take the time to, to your listeners to try to explain it, but suffice it to say that he was found liable of a very serious charge. And sexual abuse under New York law is very serious. And the jury found that that's what he did. Mr. Takapina, Mr. Trump's lawyer, said that in one
3: sense he was gratified. He said this is a rape case. It's always been a rape case. And the jury did not find him, Mr. Trump, liable for rape. He did find a level for sexual abuse and Battery. He found him for sexual abuse,
7: and this was a defamation case. It started as a defamation case, and the jury found that Donald Trump lied. The damages awarded here
3: were $5 million. You didn't ask for a particular number. Were you surprised when you heard the jury come back with that figure? I
8: I didn't even hear the money. This is not about the money. This is about getting my name back. And that's what we accomplished. Robbie had to tell me later how much the damages were. Do you think the jury was
3: sending a message with
8: that
7: figure, $5 million in damages, including punitive? There's no question they were sending a message, combined with the fact that they decided the case in two and a half hours, which is lightning speed. By the way, do you think that you'll be
3: able to... Collect those damages
7: against the former president? Oh, I promise you that we will collect those damages against the former president.
3: Let's talk about Mr. Trump. He said after the verdict, and he was still posting after midnight, that he has absolutely no idea who you are and called the verdict a continuation of the greatest witch hunt of all time and that you were funded by Democratic donors. What is your response to that? Here's the thing
8: here is the astonishing thing about this win yesterday. Of all the cases that this man faces, all the legal quagmires, it was one well let's think of all the prosecutors, all the special counsel, all the investigators. And what happened yesterday is one five foot two little blonde, wily female attorney, and one seventy nine year old nine year old. Yes. Five foot nine. five, five foot nine seventy nine year old <laughs> advice columnist beat Donald Trump in court. Do you think
3: his decision not to testify helped your case? Do you think the deposition that he
7: gave helped your case? There's no question that both of those things helped our case. The jury saw on our side 11 witnesses who took the stand day after day, including Eugene for more than two days, under oath and told the truth. On the other hand, he didn't even bother to show up. And in his deposition, he made admissions where he was basically a witness against himself. Explain that. What,
3: in what way do you feel that he incriminated himself?
7: So I think most importantly, when I asked him about the Access Hollywood video at the deposition at Mar-a-Lago, he answered, believe it or not, that unfortunately or fortunately, men have been, ga- been able to get away with abusing women for millions of years. Fortunately. Who uses the word fortunately to talk about sexual assault? What does it mean to you, Ms. Carroll, to have gone through this
3: process, to have experienced what you alleged in court, you experienced all those years ago, and to have this day come? Well, it is, um,
8: it is a moment which, before yesterday, uh, there was a concept of the perfect victim. Perfect, the perfect victim always screams always reports to the police, always makes note when it happened. And then her life is supposed, the perfect victim's life is supposed to fold up, and she's never sort of supposed to be happy again. And yesterday we demolished that old concept. It is gone. It is gone. And I'm, <laughs> I'm overwhelmed with happiness. For the women of the country, it's really not about me so much. It's about every woman.
3: As mentioned, Mr. Trump never set foot in that courtroom. You never got to see him face to face and confront him. What would you have wanted to say? What would you want to say to him now?
8: I said it to Joe Takapina yesterday. Uh, He came over to congratulate me. He put out his hand and I said, he did it and you know it. And then we shook hands and I passed by. So I got my chance to uh, say it. Finally, you've said that this was about getting your name back, getting your life back. That's right. Do you feel that you have? In one fell swoop, I think Robbie Kaplan and the amazing team accomplished that. And Ms. Kaplan,
3: of course, the the president's lawyers are vowing to appeal. Do you feel confident about where this
7: case is and how you'll do on appeal? I've rarely felt more confident about an appeal than I do about this one. They have no legitimate arguments for appeal.
3: Well, ladies, thank you very much for your time. Hoda? All
2: right, Savannah, thank you so much. With just weeks to go before an historic government default, President Biden and Republican leaders in Congress remain locked in a standoff over the nation's debt limit. The two sides coming together at the White House yesterday, but failing to reach any deal. They are expected to meet again later this week. NBC's chief White House correspondent, Kristen Welker, joined us. So is there any progress at all made, Kristen?
9: well hoda it's complicated good morning to you publicly there were fireworks with both sides appearing to be just as dug in after the meeting as when it started sources familiar with the discussion have described the tone as tense and serious white house with house speaker kevin mccarthy accusing mr biden of peddling a lie about the impact of veteran funding if the government were to default but mccarthy stressed he wasn't labeling the president a liar Still, democratic sources said mccarthy was rude he was disrespectful now look if they don't come to an agreement by june 1st the nation could default and that would risk financial calamity but and this is a big but they've agreed to keep talking so that's a sign a sign of small potential progress hoda
2: all right we like that small sign of progress so (laughs) there will be a next meeting uh we hope what might happen then
9: well hoda congressional leaders have agreed to meet again on friday as a reminder The president wants to raise the debt limit, which is basically like paying off the nation's credit card without any strings attached. Republicans want spending cuts to be linked to any increase. And notably, the president's not ruling anything out, including what's called the 14th Amendment, which in simple terms would allow him to address the issue himself. But the Treasury Secretary has warned that could lead to a constitutional crisis Hoda, all eyes are going to be on Friday.
3: Indeed. All right, Kristen Welker for us there at the White House. Kristen, thanks. We move now to the growing crisis at the southern border. Crossings set to surge with long lines of migrants gathering ahead of tomorrow's lifting of a COVID-era policy used to block asylum seekers. NBC News senior national correspondent Tom Yamas joins us from Juarez, Mexico with the very latest. Tom, good morning.
0: Hey, Savannah, good morning to you. When asked what to expect over the coming days, President Biden admitted it's going to be chaotic. And this is why. Just behind me, beyond that, barbed wire is El Paso. And you can see hundreds, if not a thousand migrants gathered at a single entry door on the border wall. This is not an official port of entry. Many of these migrants likely came in through a hole in the fence just down the river. They are asking for asylum. Many of them are. And in somewhat of a strange move, we see them actually being brought in, and they're likely going to be processed. This is all part of a last-ditch effort to control the crowds both here on the border and in cities across America. This morning, growing confusion and chaos on the border as migrants face a looming Title 42 deadline, now less than 48 hours away. On the streets of El Paso, chance for asylum as border officials here have issued an ultimatum. The message printed on these flyers, turn yourself in now to be processed or face consequences, likely deportation. We've crossed jungles, deserts, rivers and borders, Beckenbauer Franco tells me. He spent months traveling here with 20 other Venezuelans, now worried if they show up for processing, they'll be turned back. All these people here, I just asked him, who here is going to ask for asylum? All these hands you see raised all around me. The change in policy comes amid a historic surge at the border, which critics and border officials have described as growing out of control. Historically, asylum seekers have been granted greater privileges, but Title 42, which expires Thursday at midnight, has blocked migrants from crossing the U.S.-Mexico border to seek asylum, having to wait in Mexico. When it's lifted, some migrants seeking asylum can stay in the U.S. until their status is resolved. The administration also now demanding asylum seekers use an app to schedule appointments or risk being deported. Just across the border in Juarez crowds gathering, hoping to get into the US before Friday. How are you? That's where we met the Serrano family, caked in dust. They're two small children, so, where, tired guys and thirsty. Is this better than what you left? Sí, sí, Venezuela the father, Roberto, tells me yes, that Venezuela is very tough right now. We give the family some water and snacks, whatever we have on us.
10: You're going to stay waiting here no okay. us. Okay.
0: He tells me they'll wait until God says that this sacrifice is for their children's future. From our vantage point right now, it is clear there's an ongoing law enforcement effort to disperse the crowds both here on the border and in cities like El Paso. This is somewhat of a last ditch effort because these migrants who crossed illegally and who are still seeking asylum are being processed, but then they're being re-released, which means they're going back to those border towns or being shipped to cities like New York where the mayor has said they are already overwhelmed. Savannah?
3: All right, Tom Yamas in Juarez, Mexico for us. Tom, thank you. 16 minutes after the hour, Craig joins us now. Another big story we're following.
6: Yeah, you, Hoda, Savannah, good morning. Good morning to you as well. Legal troubles are mounting for embattled Congressman George Santos. The New York Republican has now been charged by federal prosecutors and is expected to appear in court today. Santos' brief time in Congress so far has been marred by investigations, scandals, and lies about his resume and personal life. NBC's senior Capitol Hill correspondent Garrett Hake has more. Garrett, good morning to you.
11: Hey, Craig, good morning. And the charges against Congressman Santos are still sealed at this hour, but according to sources with direct knowledge of his plans, Santos will turn himself in to face them at a Long Island federal courthouse later today. This morning, calls for embattled Congressman George Santos' resignation are growing as he prepares to face still unknown federal criminal charges, according to three sources familiar with them. Among the loudest voices demanding Santos quit Congress, his fellow New York Republicans. Bottom line is his conduct has been embarrassing and disgraceful. Sooner or later,
0: um, honesty and uh,
11: justice will be delivered to him. Santos' four-month congressional career has been plagued by scandal from the moment he arrived in the Capitol. He has admitted to lying about his work history, his education, even his religion, falsely representing himself as Jewish on the campaign trail last year. As I'm a a, son of two immigrants, I am the grandchild of Holocaust survivors and the son of a 9-11 survivor. Immigration records proving the 9-11 claim wasn't true. Santos has denied reports that he is wanted for check fraud in Brazil and that his now defunct charity defrauded an Iraq war veteran who needed money for surgery for his dog who later died. He should be ashamed of himself, but he doesn't have shame. He does. He's
0: a psychopath.
11: But Santos' current legal jeopardy may involve how he funded his 2022 campaign, with sources telling NBC News that federal prosecutors were scrutinizing his financial disclosures and a half-million-dollar loan he reported making to his own campaign. Last night, House Speaker Kevin McCarthy standing by Santos. Should he resign?
0: So I think in America, you're innocent to proven guilty. Support
11: Democrats see as purely political. Why do you think the speaker has held that
0: posture? about this member? Well, without George Santos's vote, the debt limit bill does not pass. Without George Santos's vote, Kevin McCarthy's not speaker. And what this is, is Kevin McCarthy putting politics and power over the institution of Congress. And it's a real shame. Neither
11: Santos's congressional office nor his attorney have responded to requests for comment from NBC News, but the congressman is expected to address the charges against him after he appears in court later today. Greg. Our senior Capitol Hill correspondent, Garrett Haig.
3: Garrett, thank you. All right, let's get our first check of the weather, by the way. Al is doing great. Yes, he, he is. surgery. Yes. Tappy's, maybe he's even up watching us right Hi, now. Al. I hope so. Yeah, You That'd know he is. It would be awkward yes. if he wasn't. yeah, <laughs> You
12: know he is, Al, so I'll make you proud with the forecast. We've got nothing but rain uh, down through Houston today, some thunderstorms too. We've already had an inch or two of rainfall in that area, so any additional rain could lead to flooding. So that's why we do have some flood watches in effect. Some areas could end up with close to five inches of rain when you get stuck in some of those heavier downpours that just don't move on this also goes up into arkansas down through louisiana and eastern and southwestern texas too then you go up across the central and northern plains and we could see another one to three inches with heavy rain expected there as well and that's your latest forecast
2: all right dylan thank you just ahead a woman who wrote a book to help her own children cope with her father's sudden death now she is charged with his murder aaron mclaughlin is covering that story for us hey aaron
1: Hey there, Hoda. That's right. Prosecutors allege the mother of three poisoned her husband. I'll have more on her alleged drug purchases as well as how
3: she's been promoting that children's book. All right, Erin, thank you. And just ahead, Jacob Soboroff joining a special NASA mission to learn more about our planet. But in a way you may not expect, deep in the Pacific Ocean, what mm. scientists hope to discover there. But first, this is today on NBC. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
10: What are your qualifications? Ah, well, I attended Juilliard. I'm a graduate of the Harvard Business School. I travel quite extensively. I lived through the Black Plague, and I had a pretty good time during that. I've seen The Exorcist about 167 times, and it keeps getting funnier every single time I see it, not to mention the fact that you're talking to a dead guy. Now, what do you think?
1: You think I'm qualified?
2: (laughs) (laughs) There we go. Uh, 7.30, a classic scene from the beloved Beetlejuice, and... 35 years after its relief release there is a huge news about this maybe a sequel yeah. in the works wow. Carson's got it all coming up in pop star a lot of people excited about that wow uh
3: huh all right well let's get to our news here at 7:30 a headline making case out of mm. utah
6: oh indeed a widow who wrote a children's book to help her three children process their father's sudden death That widow's in jail this morning. She's been charged with his murder.
2: NBC's Erin McLaughlin joins us now with details. Hey, Erin, good morning.
1: Good morning, guys. While Corey Richens was plugging her children's book about grief, publicly claiming to be mourning her husband, authorities in Utah allege she was hiding a shocking and murderous secret. A month after promoting her children's book inspired by her husband's death, The widowed mother of three is now charged with his murder. So you actually wrote this book with your children? I did. Police arrested Corey Richens on Monday outside of Park City, Utah, alleging the 33-year-old poisoned her husband Eric last March with a lethal dose of fentanyl.
11: He had three boys that he loved more than anything.
1: According to court documents, police were called to the couple's home at 3.22 in the morning and found Eric unresponsive on the floor at the foot of his bed. An autopsy later revealing he had five times the lethal dosage of illicit fentanyl in his system. Corey told responding officers she made Eric a Moscow mule, which he drank in the bedroom earlier that night before she went to sleep in her child's room. While she claimed she didn't touch her phone until she called 911, investigators say they found phone records indicating she'd sent and received messages that night, which were later deleted. Her seemingly heartfelt sentiments expressed while promoting her book now seen in a very different light. It's just comforting to them to know that, you know, they're not living this life alone. Like Mm -hmm. dad is still here. It's just in a different way. According to the charging documents, Corey purchased fentanyl from an acquaintance last February, which she says was for an investor asking for some of the Michael Jackson stuff. Days later, following the couple's Valentine's Day dinner, Eric became very ill and told a friend he thought his wife was trying to poison him. Prosecutors allege Corey then purchased even more fentanyl. And less than a month later, Eric was dead and Corey claiming to be grief stricken dedicated this book to her husband, calling him a wonderful father. I took things that my kids have said to me this last year and we kind of articulated it and put it into a story.
2: Wow, this is such a bizarre story, Erin. What Mm -hmm. we know some about the marriage, which you've reported on. What else do we know about that?
1: Yeah, that's right. According to his obituary, the couple was married for nine years. It also refers to Corey as the love of his life. She told investigators they were even celebrating the night of his death after closing a deal on a house for her business. Richens is now charged with aggravated murder and three additional felony drug charges. She has yet to enter a plea and her attorney declined to comment at this time. We expect to see her in court next week.
2: All right, uh, Aaron McLaughlin for us. Aaron. They, that story, and just
3: think about the kids, kids like right. hearing that yeah. Three kids. part of the story. Horrible. Daddy. Yeah. All right. Well, still ahead, look, your health news. We've got yeah. some new guidelines to tell you about for when women should start getting screened for breast cancer with a mammogram. It's years earlier than previously recommended. So we're going to break it down with Dr. Azar. Also had this morning
6: a first hand look at an important project from
3: NASA, but not in
6: space,
10: much closer to home. Jacob Soberoff suited up for this one. guys, good morning. This was so cool. They actually let me put on a NASA flight suit, get on a NASA airplane, fly at 39,000 feet over the Pacific Ocean to see how the weather of the ocean interacts with Earth's climate. We're going to take you along for the ride
0: right after this. Hey, everyone. It's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call.
5: when you find a professional on Angie to tackle your dream kitchen remodel. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Visit Angie.com. You can do this when you Angie that.
2: Welcome back.
3: It is 7.39, it's time for In Depth Today. Okay, when you think of Mm -hmm. NASA, You probably think of space there, but a team of scientists is actually on a mission in a place you might not
6: expect. Mm -hmm. NBC's Jacob Sobroff, he recently joined (sighs) them. He's here to explain, I
10: just, I want to see you in the suit. I know you don't. Trust me, you really, really (laughs) do not. Guys, NASA's scope includes a lot more than just outer space. We traveled with a team off the coast of California where scientists are trying to better understand how eddies, whirlpools, and currents on the ocean surface might be impacting the Earth's climate. Our journey begins at NASA's Ames Research Center in the heart of Silicon Valley. Here, scientists are on a mission to study the ocean's surface like never before. And to do that, they'll need to take one of these. What's up, everybody? What should I expect?
0: We're going to fly about 20
11: north-south lines over the Pacific. Should be real enjoyable. In order for your safety, we want to have you in a NASA flight suit. In a flight suit. So uh, get that on. All right, got to follow orders go we'll put this thing on.
10: NASA's S-MODE mission, short for Sub-Mesoscale Ocean Dynamics Experiment, don't worry, I didn't understand it either, deploys a fleet of aircraft, ships, and marine robotics to observe how eddies, whirlpools, and currents interact with the atmosphere and will ultimately shape the Earth's climate. NASA's deemed this work critical because while the surface makes up only 2% of the ocean, it's where nutrients, gases, and heat all converge, and that contributes to Earth's greenhouse effect. Holly Vender is NASA's lead scientist on today's mission. Check this out. What Holly's looking at right now is what? It's the little portal that you're going to do experiments through? Yeah, it's the window to our instrument. So that's not supposed to be looking down at the ocean. You basically got to make sure that it's clean. It's clean. And after a series of final checks, we're cleared for takeoff. All right, we're off to the races. We're heading out over the Pacific. We're going to take a look at what's happening out in the ocean. Holly and Regina got their instruments up and running. Only a matter of time before uh, experiments get underway. The plane flies at an altitude of 39,000 feet and crisscrosses a patch of ocean 100 miles off the coast. But in order to collect data, the equipment requires clear skies above and below. There's plenty of clouds down there right now, and that's not an ideal situation for the instruments to get the measurements that they want. So we're going to continue to head west until we get to an area that doesn't look as much... Uh, like we see down below us right now. Up in the cockpit, pilots Greg Slover and Brian Baxley work in lockstep with the scientists. we got to be directly over uh, clear blue ocean, and we really don't want clouds above us either, do we? That's right, that also affects their data collection ability because they need that sunlight glint off the uh, waters. A few minutes later, we found exactly what we were looking for, crystal clear conditions.
5: With our instrument, we get this really, really high-resolution color image Of the ocean. And so would
10: that be considered part of the weather of the ocean, what you're looking at? Exactly. So very similar to how you have different fronts moving through, that's exactly what we're looking at in the ocean. After about an hour executing the flight plan, Holly and Regina Eckert put the finishing touches on their research. So we're on our final line right now?
9: Final line of the day.
10: You can't see it with the naked eye, but once we get back down on the ground and analyze all the data that was collected... That's what you're going to be able to see. Yeah,
5: we can see, clear. We could see uh, you know, amounts of chlorophyll or uh, phytoplankton. So at this point, we'll stop recording, and that'll do it for today. We've stopped recording on our final line, so you are clear to maneuver. Copy
0: and confirm. It's just RTB from here. RTB, copy. Okay, coming right.
10: Return to base, right? Am I right?
5: That's it? Yes. <laughs> you're hired.
10: <laughs> in unfortunate news they did not let me keep the flight suit uh, NASA has only been flying this particular S-Mode mission since 2019 it's already generated useful data though in fact Holly and Regina they just sent us some images from our flight I think we have them check this oh, out wow. So, cool. well, on the left that's what you see with the human eye on the right the onboard instrument is extremely powerful what we're looking at on the right we see normally three color channels and it can measure hundreds of different color channels which mm-hmm. means it's able to pick up plankton and other particulate on the ocean's surface all of this data over time is going to help inform scientists about the role that the ocean surface plays in our climate, and they think that if it's like like a sponge, it can help slow down climate change. They're trying to study exactly what degree uh, that's true, though. That is fascinating. Did
2: did they say you were hired? Is that what they said? They said I was hired. Okay, I just want to make sure I heard that properly. But they said I should
10: iron my flight suit.
6: Oh, flight (laughs) suit. If Roka were here,
10: he'd he'd have one word.
2: Science! (laughs) Science. Thank you, Jacob. right. speaking of climate, we got Dylan in for Al. Dylan,
12: how is the forecast open? well, in some parts of the country. Great job, Jacob, by yeah. the way. That Thank was you, fascinating. You can learn so much from the oceans. I mean, think of just how much space they take up on Earth. Uh, back on land now, though, we do have the threat of some severe storms. And the biggest threat within this yellow area here will be for large hail and damaging winds. We could see wind gusts up to about 60 miles per hour. But very dangerous hail is expected, especially for areas including Denver and Cheyenne over into Nebraska, northwestern Kansas, where we could see baseball sized hail. Very dangerous. uh, hail falling from the sky. Then tomorrow, kind of the same general area where we will see through the central plains another risk of severe storms with large hail and damaging wind gusts. The best chance tomorrow of seeing that large hail, perhaps tennis ball-sized hail, would be down through Oklahoma and uh, Oklahoma City, including that area, and just to the southwest of Wichita. So this is something we'll keep a close eye on this afternoon and again tomorrow afternoon, too. And that's your latest forecast. All right. Thank you, Dylan.
6: Thank Thank you. Coming up, the beehive on the move this morning on Popstar. We're going to show you what some Beyonce fans are actually doing, where they're going to get around those high concert ticket prices. Coming up, Sly and the family Stallone. They're going to be here live to talk about... Their new reality show giving us a, a peek inside their home life and showing us a whole new side of Hollywood's famous tough guy.
3: And then a touching tribute to our moms ahead of Mother's Day shining a light on the lessons we learned from them.
5: You can live out your Master Chef dream when you find a professional on Angie to tackle your dream kitchen remodel.